Well, good evening, everybody. Happy Tuesday evening. I'm here tonight with Pastor Rick Brown, who is uh, now on staff with us. Welcome. Hey, y'all. <laughs> it was quite a weekend that uh, we were blessed. To, yeah. I, I got a chance to hear your sermon, uh, the, the live stream with you and your wife, and what an amazing weekend. It, just a great blessing, so thank you. Oh, it was a blessing for us, and thanks for having us. And really interesting, God's precious people, you know, to be able to share God's word with them. And they were nothing but loving, gracious, and supportive. They're amazing congregation. Well, they, they, uh, they're just the greatest. I'm, I'm the most blessed man on the planet to be a pastor of a congregation so sweet. And now yeah. you get to have that same joy. That's right. I'm, uh, I'm sucking up the fruit. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> um, and, and, and I was blessed yesterday when you, you and your wife attended the hearing Yes. Um, at the Ventura County Courthouse. So you got a chance to kind of see what we're in the throes of. Yeah. And this is all new to you because yeah. our lives were intertwined. And I know we're going to comment uh, on the debate. So hang in there because it's winding up and we're waiting for more folks to chime in. And I got plenty to cover on that. So don't get all panicked and turn over to Fox News or whatever you're listening to. And, you know, we're, we're going to give you the review here. Um, but but I, I wanted to comment that you know you, this, you're kind of a novice to the political yes. side. I, yeah. What I do is not something you were fully familiar with, but you were mm-hmm. drawn to it, mm-hmm. and and you saw the the uniqueness of it, and you mm-hmm. saw what God's doing in this congregation. And quite honestly, and I don't think folks know this, but you literally could pastor, from my estimation, mm-hmm. and also from what I know to be true, mm-hmm. you could pastor in any church in America mm-hmm. and be warmly received mm-hmm. and sought after. But God called you called you here because. Yeah. You see what we're doing. You, you see the need for it. Mm-hmm. And you also provide what I'm lacking, especially if I'm mm-hmm. to be involved around the country in a number of things. Mm-hmm. And you also have a, a nationwide ministry with Kingdom X. So the two of us together yeah. have a chance to minister the congregation as a whole. But I'm going to learn your management styles mm-hmm. and systems and development of staff. And you're gleaning the political side mm-hmm. and, and how the church is to engage in the ecclesia, the public square. Yeah. Is that a fair assessment? I think so. And I, I mean, I think that the, um, just being a typical pastor, hey, we preach the gospel, uh, we encourage our people to pray and vote, but really not very political. Uh, right. and, um, and so obviously you're an anomaly, especially as a Calvary pastor, right? Teaching the word, but very politically active and, and taking the role um, as uh, a mayor on the rotating yeah. um, city council. And um, so I, I'm intrigued by that. And, um, and I think that for many that may, I mean, honestly put them off. Like, hey, how come you're getting involved in politics and that pushback? But for me, I just look at our nation and... Um, we have been preaching the word, especially in our movement. Yeah. We, I mean, we preach the word. We've been faithful to the word of God. We've been faithful to the word of God. I think uh, every Calvary chapel who's been as a senior pastor of a church for a season yeah. has taught through the entirety of the scripture, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. Yeah, and, and it's an amazing thing. Yeah, there, it, it is. really is. And yet I see as the Lord has set up uh, three institutions in the world, and that is starting with the, the family, right. his people, the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, and... And the state. I mean, we have government. And so God has ordained those three things. And I really think with the family and the church that there's a, a need since there's these three dimensions of, of life that to be more salt and light and to let our voice be heard because we've been kicking back. I mean, for, uh, you know, for me being a pastor for 31 years, we have taken this tract and when I look back and go, okay. Many people are going to be in the kingdom of heaven, but look at the influence on the, in the yeah. in the country of salt and light. And I think it's we're moving, and we see the polarization in our nation, and you know, of people going uh, really such a, a move away from uh, the founding fathers' concepts of who we are all about. And uh, we have a very unique story as a nation. You know, yeah. people coming here to worship the Lord. So uh, for me, it's an issue of salt and light, and I love what you were doing. And, um, in the last three years, starting kingdom X, I've had 10 different ministry opportunities that I've, I've been offered, which I, each one of them, I just turned them down, not because they weren't good opportunities, but to me, I looked at it and I went, that's just, uh, church is normal. I mean, it's, I'm at a place that I just really want to see and, 
uh, I want to be a part of something fresh that God is doing, and I see that here. And so that's why I'm uh, excited I, about it. When you were talking, I was looking down at this table because I wanted to see if it was a, a, a three-legged table. I think it's, it's four, so it wasn't going to work for my illustration. <laughs> when we talk about the family, the church, and, and the political world, the government, yeah, the state, yeah. it's a three-legged stool. And mm-hmm. if one's removed, it, it, it topples. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. and our abdication of the ecclesia, the public square, right. is mm-hmm. a, a toppling as mm-hmm. we watch tonight. And I think this is a good segue. And I think mm-hmm. folks have probably finished the debate. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get the last couple of minutes. I know that they were finishing their discussion um, mm-hmm. at the end on voter fraud, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't get a chance to get the entirety of it as we went live. Yeah. But I think this is a good segue that, you know, you looked at a debate, you, you saw two guys brawling with each other. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that we picked out of that is, this was, I mean, this was a fisticuffs. It, you know, it was yeah. two brawling guys. And yeah. um, there's a lot to cover tonight. Um, and, and I, I, I liked Brit Hume at the beginning. And by the way, I'm, I'm in this suit, not because, of, or this, I, I I'm saw, underdressed. Yeah, no, I no, didn't get I, the memo. I got blue jeans on in this, in this <laughs> monkey suit. Cause I, I just got from the TBN, yeah. uh, studios in Tustin. We, yeah. we did an event there, uh, pray vote mm-hmm. with, uh, Kirk Cameron. And I had a segment and I actually was able to get the makeup off so I could look as ugly as I look every night. Um, but I, I was listening to the debate in the entire drive-in, I didn't get the visual of it, but of course I know both these men, I can kind of see how they're going. I think it's the first time in presidential debate history that uh, a, a candidate told the sitting president to shut up. Um, and then watching, you know, I, Britt Hume started uh, with the prior commentary and his comment, which I thought was fitting because my dad struggled with Alzheimer's for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And just looking at the limited access I've had to Vice President Biden, mm-hmm. I kind of saw my father at year seven mm-hmm. in senility. But Britt Hume said, you know, he was lucid in his debate with, with uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. And he said, if he pulls off a lucid moment tonight, and he said, I think he still has senility. Mm-hmm. But if he pulls off a lucid you know, evening, mm-hmm. uh, he, he's going to win mm-hmm. uh, the debate. Uh, I, I didn't know if that was fair because you're, you're giving him, you know, uh, a leg up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going into the debate and you're giving the guy, you know, <laughs> a handicap because yeah. you're assuming that he's senile. Um, and I, I wasn't sure what to expect from Biden, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd actually posted uh, on my Twitter account uh, who thinks that, you know, he'll show up because that, that was the echo chamber and the idea that somehow uh, Biden's not going to make it to the debate. He'll get COVID or he'll whatever. Mm-hmm. And we've heard he's got an earpiece and he's loaded yeah. with drugs. And, and, and then, you know, I'd also heard commentary that uh, Trump will have to fluster him and ask him questions in the middle of the question because the earpiece is going to be, and I heard all of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been telling me from here to, you know, Timbuktu that, that this is, this is the way it's supposed yeah. to work. Well, it went from zero to caustic quickly. Yes. And, yeah. and you being, by your own admission, kind yes. of a novice to this political world, yeah. I thought it would be fitting for the two of us to kind of, you know, do some commentary. Okay. And, and I want to do commentary from somebody who may be a little more political savvy yeah. and someone who represents, I would say, the lion's share of the pulpits in America as far yeah. as... Yeah. You know, a novice idea of, or, or a, yeah. a cursory understanding mm-hmm. of the political realm. Yeah. Let's start with your observations, if, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, my observations, and because I am coming from that place and not um, uh, having the, because you know how tough a campaign is. I've done debates, yeah. Yeah, and it can be brutal. And uh, But from a person that hasn't been through that specific battle, as I watched it, obviously I was I was very excited because of the buildup. I think everybody was excited to finally th- see I, these two on the stage. I don't stage. know the numbers yet, but it, I yeah. think it's one of the most watched I was, yeah. debates. It was going to be amazing, yeah. Yeah. and so my anticipation. But I, I mean, just to, I'm just going to be brutally honest for this first of all, because um, nobody can fire me. And, well, and, and, and in addition, in addition. <laughs> We always need to be honest. No. So. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, be, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of hold back Candidly a speaking. Exactly. Very, very candid. And um, just candidly, I was, I was disappointed, I mean, within the first 15 minutes. Because at, at, um, I know that, 
I mean, Trump's tough. I mean, he's a street fighter. But, and, and Biden, I was just a little disappointed with the civility because even though uh, I am uh, a person that is, is strongly in President Trump's camp for re-election, yep. and I love his track record, yep. I, was, I was seriously disappointed politician Rob, not Pastor Rob right now, but politician Rob, who's out there uh, at just the issue of civility, because from my perspective, uh, when you lose civility, um, even though your points might be stronger, you lose your, uh, your, your appeal yeah. to people that are observing because people look at this and go, well, you know, let the guy answer or, uh, and, and my first instinct, and this was just me, uh, and you're going to be able to uh, rebut all this or chime in, whatever it is. But uh, my thought was, because he has talked about the earpiece, he has talked about his mental acuity, that he was trying to rattle him. And, you know, just by being a machine gun yeah. and because he is so tough and he's a winner. I mean, he's, he's going to get in the street fight and win. And uh, I was really curious if his tactic, because when I thought that, I go, oh, let's see if he does get befuddled. Let's see if he does get off track. But when he had a chance, he uh, had his composure. He answered. And I thought he answered well in the, the circumstances. So even though um, I'm not persuaded uh, by Joe's politics, um, just in a human level, that, that was my first impression, Rob. Yeah. Uh, I, I've never enjoyed Chris Wallace, mm. candidly speaking. Mm-hmm. And it, it seemed to me tonight, just from my vantage point, that Trump wasn't just debating Biden. He was debating Biden and Chris Wallace. <laughs> that, that's, that's my take on it. Um, President Trump has a far better track record than he was able to articulate tonight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, was was lucid on throwing out numbers and statements, and mm-hmm. it got, he got tripped up a few times, but nothing to what I think everyone was expecting that there'd be right. a meltdown on the stage. Um, and and you know, there, there was there was issues. For example, I think each of the candidates. Uh, had to renounce something. And mm-hmm. with the Green New Deal with Biden, mm-hmm. he, he basically renounced it and, 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 and stated that. But if you think about it, uh, his running mate is the co-author in the Senate of the Green New Deal. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that's going to work for their party ticket. Yeah. And it was fascinating that, that Biden said, I am the Democratic Party, yeah. um, wouldn't speak towards packing the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I I thought it interesting that when uh, Chris Wallace was commenting about renouncing white racism and, and then I think it was Biden who said Antifa is an idea, not an organization uh, that, I mean, you can go all day long on dismantling that. And I wish the president had when he went on the race issue, I would have loved to have seen him take the five points of critical race theory is the reason why he's changed at the federal level. Mm -hmm. As Chris Wallace said, it was sensitivity training, but, or Mm -hmm. used another term for it, but Mm -hmm. it's literally critical race theory, which is awful. Mm -hmm. And just break down the five points of critical race theory. But Mm -hmm. president Mm -hmm. Trump didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you had learned about critical race theory and someone was able to articulate it, would have moved you? Yeah, I, th- I mean, that was my thinking, that he was so on the attack that he had, uh, I felt like he had so many quivers in his, I mean, arrows in his quiver that he could have really y- used. And, uh, and so, uh, and Biden, anybody that's been watching this for months, his, his uh, flip-flop to now he's all pro law and order when they never spoke out during all of the early months of this, these things. And, um, I mean, so some of those things are just simply observably not true. And, um, I, I, one area that got me was, um, Joe Biden was pushing for an extended lockdown. Yes. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you have all these open, uh, rallies that Trump is doing, uh, mm-hmm. open air rallies. Mm-hmm. And much like our congregation, mm-hmm. there's been no 
well, our congregation for certain having been open since May 31st, not a case of COVID. Mm-hmm. And there isn't any, any statement of anything along those lines that I've heard yeah. of uh, or has yeah. been reported in the news yeah. of these open air rallies for, for, for Trump, President mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. But Vice President Biden uh, commenting that we, we need to lock down further. Yeah. I, I, I heard that it made me cringe. And, and, I, and I think, you know, President Trump is dealing with a narrative media but I would have liked to have seen him go after that because mm-hmm. a lockdown would be, an extended lockdown would be so detrimental. And to, yeah. and to deal with the numbers, which mm-hmm. kind of hard to do because the nation's divided on the narrative and he doesn't have yeah. the press to defend the facts. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's a major issue across the, the nation and um, just the lockdown and the coronavirus and the handling of it. Now that what we know and the percentage those who are at risk should be personally doing all they can to protect themselves. They should, uh, or, you know, the rest homes and those who have grandparents. I mean, everybody should be watching out for those who are vulnerable. But those, but 97% or even higher, that's, a, I think, are fine. And to, to, um, to shut down, to penalize and to, destroy uh people's lives it it seems a um burdensome president trump touched on that a bit but i would like to have seen him gone a little more in that capacity yeah and when when uh president trump rebutted uh joe biden's statement Mm -hmm. about not handling uh covid correctly Mm -hmm. and president trump said h1n1 uh, mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he went to, to two viruses that devastated yeah. the country. President Biden immediately went to the death count. Mm-hmm. Um, but what wasn't stated was those were deaths from H1N1, not with. Mm-hmm. And no other virus has been calculated the way we've calculated this one. Yes. Yeah. And talking about mm-hmm. the rise in infections, mm-hmm. H1N1 was never calculated, nor the deaths worldwide as a result of it. Right. I think President Trump could have done a better job of of rebutting um, Vice President Biden in regards to shutting down, uh, um, you know, flights from China earlier on. It didn't yeah. seem like he jumped on that as well as he could have. Yeah. Once again, I, I felt like he was on the attack to fluster Joe, uh, Vice President Biden. Whoever and, gave him and, that counsel, I just I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that was the best counsel. And he could have he could have come out at a different way. But you know, just you know, very practically, having last month um, visiting my father. He's 82 years old. He came down with uh, the coronavirus. I took him to the doctor. He's diagnosed. Uh, we go home. He's got a bad flu for three days, and um, uh, our mom Denise and and Tammy and I we just hung out there for three weeks and. Uh, had you know the three of us we're um, <laughs> in in the closest proximity of having meals uh, together every day and and just we quarantined together and um, it just for somebody that was eighty two and my um, uh, mom Denise who's seventy two just uh, I guess having went through that last month it's just like. I, those who are more vulnerable, my dad's in great shape. Yeah. It's true. And it would have been a different story if he had underlying or uh, core. Yeah, exactly. But it wasn't there. And so, um, once again. I, I, I was thinking about uh, when we were in Coeur d'Alene with Pastor Paul Van Noy, and he mm-hmm. lost his spleen. He had comorbidity issues. Yeah. He was placed in a hospital in yeah. ICU. Mm-hmm. But his wife, who I had lunch with along with Pastor Paul, his wife lost her sense of smell and sense of taste for a little bit. His assistant pastor really didn't have much, mm-hmm. uh, if anything. Mm-hmm. So the lion's share, and they say over 85% of the people don't even know they have had it. Right. Um, but mm. none of that was talked about tonight. Yeah. It, it just became kind of a slugfest. You had two guys that are just yeah. brawlers, and that, that seemed to be kind of the, yeah. the underlying theme of the night. And, and by the way... Uh, we're not going to talk the, the entire time. I want to field questions, um, if, if that's even something you want to do. But they'll, they'll post the questions up on the screen. Uh, any questions you have for us, our take on whatever it is, maybe comments that you have, happy to post those and share them. 
online. Uh, we're not going to belabor the point until you guys are bored with us. We'll shut it down. But I think this we may is, end early. <laughs> we may end early. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm still at this stage um, being in the middle of all of this in yeah. California, being in the, the epicenter of mm. controversy, possibly. Mm-hmm. I still don't know anyone I'm close with that has adversely suffered or died from this. Mm. Uh, um, and anyone that I know who has had it, like uh, Bill Federer, it, it was less than the influenza that he'd experienced. And, and Bill's mm. older than I am. Yeah. Um, another friend of mine who's 10 years older than me, really, you know, just some aches and pains and, and dissipated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I now know Paul Van Noy. He's the closest I know of anyone who's been hospitalized and, and yeah. struggling over this. And how much were therapeutics figured in? I mean, yeah. if he would have been in the early days of this, Rob, do you think he would have been saved? But what we know now... Well, he was saved. No, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I meant... I'm, from going into ICU. If he would have got it in the first week when we knew nothing, right. back in February or, you know, March, when it, do you think he would have um, uh, succumbed because of what we didn't know, but now he survived because we have better, right. better uh, treatment? Yeah, so he was on a PAP, a PAP machine and helped him breathe, okay. but he wasn't put on a ventilator. And we've come oh, to, okay. t- to see yeah. the aspects of the ventilator, and yeah. it's almost a death knell. Yeah. But what was interesting is my time with Pastor Paul, he didn't have HCQ. He didn't have hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. He didn't have access to that. They, they mm-hmm. did do the silver bullet, uh, revisor, I can't remember, I never can pronounce the name correctly, but it, it's, the, it's the mist of, a, of a, uh, an inhalant drug okay. um, that, that was very helpful and staved it off and really reversed it and, and probably saved his life. Well, that's great. And, and those were treatments that had been dismissed early on uh, frontline doctors who used those were, mm-hmm. you know, eradicated from the internet. Right. Uh, and, and they, because I have a supply of hydroxychloroquine, they asked for some, I'm happy to, mm-hmm. you know, share my supply. Yeah. Um, and, and some people are taking prophylactically, which, you know, uh, you, you take that and, and I, I know the president's even using it. I, mm-hmm. I've refused to do anything. I do a nasal wash. I wash my hands. I travel frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I pray a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do take a zinc spray at night. Yeah. Um, and you're traveling extensively. Travel. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, healthy yeah. as an ox. So, it, <laughs> you know, yep. that, that's just how it is. Yeah. Have you had any run-ins with your, I mean, when you were, when, when you were quarantined with mm-hmm. your family, yeah. um, well, your, your dad got through it. He got through it. He, he had, he, he slept most of the time for three days. He was really tired. It, and uh, then he had an undulating uh, low-grade temperature for about seven days. He'd not have his temperature and then, I mean, like, you know, 100 degrees. And uh, feel good one day, the next day not feel great. But never wiped out except for the real fatigue in the first three days. And the three of us, we, um, uh, Denise, uh, Tammy, and I, we didn't go have the test. We just chose to quarantine. And so... Um, Tammy and I got a headache for a couple of days and one afternoon at the same time, her and I, uh, had the chills for the afternoon and took some Tylenol and, uh, and we were fine. And my, uh, and Denise, um, had no symptoms that we know of. And uh, I mean, we're, uh, in the close proximity. So yeah. it's, uh, uh, no, this is, this is our first question. Um, and, and I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll press a bit, or, uh, I'll, I'll set it up this way. Um, when when the, the the discussion over the vaccination, yes. uh, the vaccine being available yeah. and the date that it's available yeah. and the argument that ensued, and President Trump said, we have the military prepared to, uh, you know, yes. vaccinate. I, I got chills because I, I have zero interest in any vaccination yeah. or forced vaccination of any human being anywhere in the United States Ever. Ever. All right? Okay. So if you want to yeah. put me in the loony bin because you think that my, my feeling is... Do you is, mean corona or any vaccine whatsoever? Well, you know, the, the idea of a vaccination, forced vaccination, um, you know, I'd, of course, I'll, I'd be open to... If the vaccine will do everything that it's supposed to do and you can prove that, let me know. Now, I've been vaccinated when I was young, but the schedule for vaccination when I was young was minuscule compared to what they're injecting in our children today. And yeah. we'll have uh, 
uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. on the program. He's busy right now, but it, this is big pharma. And, you know, we're, we're talking a number of things that have, I have great concern over. I want to mm-hmm. know more about it. Yeah. But when we're talking about Moderna and we're talking about Pfizer and all these mm-hmm. other companies rapidly moving forward to produce a vaccine, and we've heard about some of the testing that was done on healthy individuals and how it adversely affected them. Um, I, I'm, I'm struggling over that. And then the other part is, um, I'm not sure what the, if the question is talking about drug testing, but I was thinking more along the lines of, well, the question says, uh, what is our stance on mandatory drug testing for all public servants? And I, I'm, not, I'm not sure the, the purpose of the question. It, I, I don't know. I didn't hear it covered in the debate tonight. Did you? No, I think this is just a, a question to have. Uh, for uh, us to debate. Uh, yeah. Oh, are you running for office? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just what? What do you think about uh, you know drug testing for all public servants? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with drug testing for public servants. You have a public office. You're a servant. It would be required if you operate machinery. I mean, you need to go to work properly. You have to. That's certainly something you need to check for. But if this is a segue to another question that they're setting us up for, do you then believe in mandatory vaccinations for all public servants? Um, I, I personally think that's a decision for, for each individual. And the reason why I say that is if you choose to take the vaccine, mm-hmm. well, if the vaccine works, you're immune, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Now, if I choose not to take the vaccine, I'm subject to the virus. But if I want to do it through a series of different aspects and I don't trust that, nor do I want it injected in me mm-hmm. because I have questions about mm-hmm. it and you decide to take the flu shot, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that to serve in a government position to do that um, is, is required, nor do I think that should be required for anyone to work anywhere. Right. If, if, if that's the case, this is, this, this is a personal decision that, that comes with liberty. Right. It comes with choice. Yeah. And I think we're both just very strong in personal freedom and yep. personal liberty. So take receiving a mandatory uh, vaccine for this. I would, you know, and everybody's got a different temperament. Some people get the flu shot every year. And those who are more susceptible, once again, it's the elderly and those who are more uh, vulnerable. But for, uh, I just, I, I know that whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger and viruses are meant to build immunity. Right. So, uh, and, I, and I think, you know, I might have a different perspective, but I know where I'm going. So if I, if I die, I'm not, uh, I'm really comforted in that reality. So I would rather strengthen my immune system. The question to me, and it, that person might be a public servant. Well, they, they added, they added the caveat, which okay. is based on. You knew on, something was coming. <laughs> yeah. Based on the assumption that Biden may have been under the influence. Well, oh. We don't know. And, yeah, we don't know. Uh, yeah. and, and at this point, he's not a public servant. Yeah. He's running for office. And he would have personal choice as well. I think in so, like certain jobs, you have man, they do mandatory drug testing all the time. Yep. And so to, for public safety. And, uh, but uh, so your personal choices, if I work for this company, I will have to subject myself to drug testing. And, or I can't work, uh, I, my personal choice, I'm not going to work for that company. Yep. And I think the same thing, if you, hey, if you're going to get a vaccine, um, then uh, I can either take that opportunity or not. Yeah. But I'm opposed to, uh, I just think people, um, that the personal space where, it, I think it's a fine line once uh, the government begins to demand what your body what they can do to your body. Um, I think that we're giving up rights. We're giving up rights. Yeah. We're giving up rights. And pretty soon we are um, in now, a bad place. I'm not an expert on vaccines. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I want to have folks come in and, and talk about this more. Yeah. And I know this is a, a touchy topic. And there's a number of folks who are moving out of the state of California as a result of the fact that right. you've got yeah. a legislature that's going to mandate it. And sure. there's been discussion that the governor won't even get to the green box till everyone's vaccinated for it. Now, there are vaccines out there that are natural, where mm-hmm. you don't include mercury. They're not tested by fetal tissue. Um, you know, th- th- this, this is all open. And I know, about as much, uh, I know about as much regarding vaccines as I know about 5G. And I know these are two hot topics. Now, I've mm-hmm. done extensive reading on 5G, uh, and, and I've heard all kinds of things. Some has been refuted. Some has been confirmed. 
the, the same is true. I, I really, that's an area I want to dig in deeper. And the more mm-hmm. I'm looking at it, I am very suspect of big pharma. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, especially when we watch what happened with the frontline doctors and the great success they were having with hydroxychloroquine, that we would immediately push towards, um, you know, vaccination. And, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's odd to me. And are we going to do that for every flu, every influenza? It, it just seems as though it's, it's an endless cycle yeah. of infringing on freedoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think uh, the, the question that has just been posed, and there's a number backed up, but I like this one. It says, how much of the debate brawling was a result of the moderator's inability to defuse the situation or possibly feeding the fire? And, and there, mm-hmm. is, there is bad blood between Chris Wallace and President Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 and at one point... Um, Chris Wallace said, am I debating you? Or maybe it was vice versa. Maybe it was Trump saying, am I debating you? I can't remember because I was listening Trump on the radio. Trump threw down the gauntlet first. Trump threw down yeah, the gauntlet yeah. first. He said, I'm debating both of you, yeah. I guess. But yeah. that's and all right, he said. And it, and it, yeah. and it seemed as though this, this was somewhat yeah. angled. But yeah. to Chris Wallace's defense, it, it, you know, he's, he's dealing with a guy that's hard to corral. But hey, yeah. you're playing in the big leagues, Chris. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I really think that uh, Trump's tactic and I saw the question come up. Um, do you think he was un- underprepared? I-, I don't think uh, President Trump goes into things unprepared. No. I think that he picks a, a tactic or a what he thinks is going to be um, the tough negotiating stance yeah. or uh, an aggre- and, and pursue that and stick with his game plan. Yeah. And uh, so... The, the, I, and the, the question that was posed, do you feel that President Trump was underprepared and was more aggressive because of that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's always a common statement that a president who has had his first term of office has been doing it for so long that he doesn't feel a need to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and typically uh, a, a president in his debate following his first term is underprepared. I, I don't know if that's a case because I, I heard um, he, he commanded the facts but like you said, it struck me that he was more using a tactic that he's normally employed as he did with um, uh, uh, Senator Clinton or, uh, excuse me, um, Secretary Clinton. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he was underprepared. I think that his tactic or whatever advice he was given to fluster uh, Biden, yeah. I, I don't know that that was the best. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think he was underprepared. Yeah. I just think his his tactic or his strategy may not have been as successful as he had hoped. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think he really uh, believed that uh, Sleepy Joe, it would be so easy for him to run over the top of him that, um, uh, and it and it backfired. From my just simple observation as a person sitting there looking, that. You know, civility and just oh, Chris Wallace and, and uh, um, that situation, I think it'd be a pretty tough thing for anybody to moderate this. Well, uh, at, <laughs> it would have been at, pretty rough. <laughs> I would say in my observation, this will tie in with the next question. Yeah. I would say that my observation with the format, two minutes uninterrupted and then open debate. Yeah. Um, I can't say dialogue because it wasn't. Yeah. But the two minutes uninterrupted, when the Democrat... Uh, controlled Senate took away with the took away the filibuster. It came back to Biden because here we now have mm-hmm. the likely confirmation of a Supreme Court justice yes. as a yeah. result of the absence of the filibuster. Yeah. Well, when President Trump interrupted the two minute, you know, mm-hmm. statement of, mm-hmm. of Vice President Biden, that set the stage for that not being just clear statement of issue. Yeah. Um, had they practiced a little more civility, that was possibly the case because this question says, what are your thoughts uh, on standing down against BLM and Antifa? Biden seemed to blame Trump supporters. And mm-hmm. for Chris Walls to come out and say, do you condemn white supremacy? And mm-hmm. Trump's statement was, this is a left issue. The left is the one responsible for it. Well, Mm-hmm. You're 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 going to have to articulate what you mean by that, right? And, and and it came across as dodging the the question. Yeah, it really did. And there was yeah. there's so mm-hmm. much material there mm-hmm. to to separate the term Black Lives Matter from mm-hmm. the organization BLM. Yeah. 
and, and to address that. Right. And then to also point out that Antifa is funded and, and, and use all of his intelligence that they've put together and lay that out yeah. and yeah. to point out and then to, to declare that all of our federal troops are ready. They must declare a state of emergency that yes. they must call up the, the, the national guard. Yes. That is the, re- the requirement of the governor or mm-hmm. the mayor of a city. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that he articulated that as well as he could, yeah. but I also feel too that, you know, the moderator, Chris Wallace, and, and granted it just became a slugfest, yeah. but the way the questions were worded, it was it, even, even not declaring critical race theory and speaking of it as the, the way he coined it, which yes. it slipped my memory. I wanted to say uh, sensitivity training, Ra- but it, it was racial, yeah. it was racial, racial sens- sensitivity training. Correct. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the, the left is for them, it's wordsmithing. Yeah. When they say the term Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood doesn't plan for parenthood. Mm-hmm. They abort babies. Mm-hmm. And, and to say Black Lives Matter and BLM, it, it's, it's a play on words. Mm-hmm. One is a Marxist agenda. The other is, is critically important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this is, this is how that seems to operate. And um, well, I, yeah, think- I, I do think that, that, that Biden seemed to blame Trump for it when it really isn't his fault. It's not his fault. And everywhere he's been asked, and he has to be asked, as you said, to bring in the National Guard, um, it's, it has brought calm and peace and restored the community to what uh, a community really desires. And yeah. that is the ability to go to work, get your, uh, in a normal time, get your kids to school, but it's not normal. And I think the issue, and this is what he responded by, he, he should have flat out, uh, condemned white supremacy and he yep. dodged it. And he said, um, and not because I just, and, and not it, allow Chris Wallace to define who it is he's to condemn. Yeah. Just say, I and condemn the, white supremacy. Right. And the, uh, militia types and president Trump said, well, somebody has got to stand up to these since the federal troops aren't asked to come in. The democratic governors and mayors are allowing their communities to be destroyed you know, when there's a leadership void, there's going to be people, and they're conservative. You, they're, I mean, the opposition to what's going on is going to rise up, and that's what's happening. Yeah. And it will increase violence because they're going to show up, and they're yeah. going to bring their agenda. But they get tired of them burning down their city. So it's like... You know, I was in Portland, as you know. And I'm not condoning that. I'm no. just saying that when there's not leadership right. to take care of it, that will happen. I was in Portland, uh, and and was was given a tour of the city, went through the federal courthouse, saw where the, mm-hmm. the individual was murdered, yeah. saw the Antifa gathered. They were preparing yeah. that night for another um, protest. Uh, yeah. and, and they had Molotov cocktails that night, which was, yeah. there's nothing peaceful about that. Yeah. Um, and, and talked about how the, the officer was declaring how many people had been injured on his, uh, you know, on, on their force. Right. And how the morale is just so decimated yeah. And how they don't feel any support by their legislators, their mayor. They're, they're very discouraged. Yeah. And what he pointed out, is he, and I said, tell me when Proud Boys comes in. He goes, well, they're very polite. They're, you know, I don't agree with what they're doing. And, and I've talked with Charlie Kirk about it. He says, yeah, there's a number of things that are fully just, you know, I, I, I can't back that. Right. But the contrast between Antifa and Proud Boys, both are fringes. Um, from, from an officer's perspective who's trying to, Mm-hmm. gate these two people apart from each other. Mm-hmm. When they're asked to back off, they do. Mm. Um, but interesting that the mayor of Portland, the minute the Proud Boys requests uh, a permit, it's denied. And then they call a state of emergency before they come in. But every night Antifa is gathered in the park across the street from the federal courthouse. So yeah. politicization of it, it, it's a little odd. I, I like this question because this the, the big joke is, and it's a joke, and it's kind of a tragic joke because it's not going to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the joke is, what are you going to do November 4th when the pandemic is over? Mm-hmm. Meaning that this has been so politicized yeah. that it's going to be cured yeah. on November 4th. It, yeah. It's not going to be over. There are still going to be those who are infected by it. And, and state governments that are using it for political purposes will continue to do that. Uh, our governor isn't going to change the color code of the boxes. And this person's question is, can you speak to this idea that the pandemic will end after the election? I think this is vastly oversimplifying the situation. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Uh, oversimplifying yeah. it. 
Yeah. It is going to have ramifications. One yeah. in particular is how are we going to deal with the emotional, psychological, and the physical ramifications of these tyrannical lockdowns that have devastated our economy and our community and what we're going to be dealing with with the rise. One in four college students have seriously contemplated suicide. What's going to happen when we open schools and churches, although ours is open, and we're seeing things that mm -hmm. other churches aren't because we're mandated reporters mm -hmm. by the state. When, when these uh, uh, abused have been quarantined and sequestered with their abusers, now have the chance to come out when hospitals begin to open more and people go in and can be looked at and be treated. Uh, yeah, the ramifications after the election, that's when we're going to really be reaping what we've sown. And mm -hmm. it, it's going to be even worse. And some state governments are going to be even emphasizing more lockdown. Thoughts on that? Yeah, when, well, first of all, I agree with you that the pan oversimplification, it is an issue that is being seriously polit politicized, right? It, yeah. it is being used. Uh, and even uh, I just simply disagree with Vice President Biden's assertion that uh, Trump's made a mess of things. I think he's, yeah. he's really went all out to yeah. do the best he could do. But, uh, you know, most of the people talking that this is going to be, you know, linger for another year or whatever it is, people are going to be losing their lives. And honestly, we're talking about a, a big picture. But when it's your loved one, I mean, it's, it's heavy, heavy stuff. It's, yeah. it's really um, heartbreaking. So. Well, in a nation of over 300 million people, you've had 200,000 yeah. deaths. Yeah. Now, the CDC said 6% is from, the rest is with. Mm -hmm. Whether that number is twice as many or yeah. half as many yeah. or... What, what we can say is there is a very large percentage mm. of people who have died with. And we already right. see in our own yeah, county. Define that for people that okay. maybe, maybe they're tuning in for this, 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 this concept is new to them, Rob. Yeah, so tragically in our county of 856,000 people, yes. mm -hmm. tragically, or 857,000, yeah. I think, yeah. we have tragically lost 150 people. Uh, and it's been attributed to COVID. Of the 150 or more tragic deaths yes at last count and i haven't done a freedom of information request but at our last freedom of information request we had about a hundred deaths in the county tragic deaths in the county attributed to covid of the 100 by our request for you know a request for uh, information freedom of information request only two of the tragically 100 at the time only two died from, from COVID. COVID. Correct. A 90-mid-90-year-old male and uh, a female in her late 70s. The rest died with COVID. Example, we had a young man, I think it's, it was the youngest death reported and attributed to COVID in the mm -hmm. county. Mm -hmm. This man died of a fentanyl overdose. Mm -hmm. When he died, he tested positive for mm -hmm. COVID. Yeah. They counted it as a COVID death. There was a car accident victim, mm -hmm. crushed lung. They tested positive for COVID. When they died, mm -hmm. they died with COVID. Right. You get financial benefit from a COVID death. Yes. Um, and, and to what extent, and the core morbidities, and as we're looking at the data out of Italy, we're looking at the data from some of these other areas, we're starting to realize the average age of those who die uh, from COVID, from, not with, from. Yeah. And then you also look at those that died with, it was multiple comorbidities. And even the ones that died, you know, from COVID, there was even higher comorbidities in relation to that. So mm -hmm. uh, that's what I'm speaking to. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm speaking to. Yeah. So uh, we don't, this, this is the one virus we do not have any honest reporting of, of really what we're up against. Mm -hmm. We just, yeah. It has been so politicized that all, yeah. all we want are right. answers that are honest. Right. And even when we reported that, to the credit of our local media, they did right. report that. They yeah. did state that. Good. Um, yeah. But our elected officials, the question is going to be, when did you know what you know? Mm -hmm. Because that's government malfeasance. Right. Because yeah. when the election's over and we have to deal with the the tyrannical draconian lockdown mm -hmm. measures mm -hmm. 
did this virus mandate such action? Right. And when was it clear? For example, we know the mayor, I think in Nashville, Tennessee, knew that there wasn't an infection rate in the restaurants, but wanted to hide the data to keep the restaurants locked down. Who does that and why? Yeah, it makes no sense. If no. it's your community that you care about. Hey, we, we don't have much time, Rob, and I really want you to speak to this issue. Did We got did, time. We did, started at 7.30. We can end at 8.30. All right, cool. Yeah, we have 12 minutes. Do you think Biden did better than he expected? I want to go first because I'm the beginner, right? Okay, so I, I don't think... Uh, Biden did better than I expected him to do. Honestly, I felt like President Trump didn't do the job I expected him to. I think that's a fair assessment. I, yeah. There was a part of me, mm-hmm. and this, this happens, uh, and, and you have to assess the way you, you receive information. There was a mm-hmm. part of me, having observed uh, from a distance and seeing my father struggle with Alzheimer's for 15 years, mm-hmm. There were times where I'm looking at Vice President Biden and I see my dad. Mm-hmm. And I've said this to Charlie, uh, Kirk, and my heart breaks. Mm-hmm. Where I, I see it at almost 78 years of age and he'll be the oldest, if he's elected, he'll be the oldest elected president. And there are issues that I'm concerned about. I, yeah. I don't know about all the other stuff. Sure. But I, 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 I was giving him a handicap going into it. Mm-hmm. He didn't need the handicap. Mm-hmm. Did he do well? He's, he's run for president, what, two, three times? And he's mm-hmm. lost every time. He's, mm-hmm. and, and, and the one line that I, mm-hmm. I just loved wasn't, wasn't uh, his own. He, mm-hmm. he co-opted that from Charlie. Mm-hmm. And President Trump said, I've been in office, I've done more in 47 months than you did in 47 years while in office. Yeah. The American people have rejected Joe Biden, I think, three times. Mm-hmm. This would be the fourth. Yeah. Uh, he has a track record of absolute racism where he's Mm. talking about, I don't want my kids going to that jungle school. There's a whole newspaper article. It was posted today. It's legitimate. I confirm the source. It's there. He said more things. What newspaper to send send the people to it? Oh, okay. I'll I'll pull it up. Okay. Um, Just a second on this. Well, give me a second to do that. I'll I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it on. I know they're going to want to go to it. I'll I'll post on the, on the feed. Cool. So yeah, he did what Biden always does. Yeah. And it's probably one of his better debates as far as being lucid mm-hmm. uh, of late. Yeah. But I'm in agreement with you. I, I know President Trump can do better. Well, this is the thing for me, Rob, observing from a, uh, a distance. I, I watched the State of the Union address in January. I watched it. it I thought it was spectacular. I watched uh, him at Mount Rushmore. I thought he was excellent. I... Um, at the Republican nomination, his speech at the end, spectacular, spot on. He was on topic. He was on the issues. He was really declaring, I did in 47 months what Joe Biden didn't, had, didn't not, really didn't do in 47 years. And that's, to me, just the uh, no-brainer about all of this. I mean, you've got a career politician uh, that... Uh, his track record speaks for, to itself that those things have not been happened. So that was, I, I guess, in the in the, my bones, that was who I was hoping sure. was going to show up. Yeah. And that he came with that information rather than just the uh, attacking and, you know, not. And, and I think the format stunk. Uh, yeah. To to me, I mean, you you have to contain them. Yeah. So how would, how would yeah. there's no free for all. Yeah. It's two minutes. Two Let's minutes. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> That's what it was. Tuesday like. night fights. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> this is a great question. Would you consider having a Christian who supports Biden on one of these fireside chats? Absolutely. And when you come, I want to ask you, how in the world? Can you take a man who is willing to abort a child in the womb in the third trimester and vote for that individual? I, I would love to hear the Christian response to that. I really mm-hmm. would. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear the Christian response mm-hmm. on how you can defend that. I, I, I just, I can't process that. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I would love to hear how, how you come about being a supporter of the greatest Holocaust in American history mm-hmm. and someone who backs that. I, I, I welcome it. Yeah. 
My, I mean, uh, just the issue of conscience and conscience. And, and wanting to defend life. And um, it's, it's quite, I mean, if you delve into it, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It, it's overwhelming. Uh, just that one issue. Uh, and and, and I, I, would, I can think of six others right, right off the top. I would, I I mean, would love to see right. how, as a Christian, you can defend critical race theory. I would love to see, as a Christian, how you can support BLM. I, 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 I don't know how you do it, but mm-hmm. if you can show me scripturally, please come. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would welcome you, but I will tell you, we will be debating. And this right. seat is all yours. And if you don't want to sit there, you can mm-hmm. sit here. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to be alone, bring two. <laughs> but but yeah. certainly let's have I'll that conversation. And make sure you take turns. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will be, I promise I'll be civil and gracious. Um, but I will challenge you. I, I, I'm open to that. Please, I welcome you. Mm-hmm. And you will be loved and cared for and challenged. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Um, let's see. Uh, we got six minutes. We can take a couple more questions. Sure. This is great questions, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Well done. Uh, will Trump change his debate strategy next debate, in your opinion? Uh, yes, but he's still going to be Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. I think, I mean, I really, because he is a winner, I think he's going to walk away from this and they're, you know, they're going to do a debrief. Oh yeah. And, uh, he's, and, and we're here, we, we are not listening to all the commentary that's following, no, but you I, I haven't know, heard any of the commentary, this you is... know, that he's getting destroyed, uh, from that, that perspective, not about the issues, not about his record, not about what he's accomplished, not about those things about the presentation tonight. Yeah. I, if I had to guess, and I haven't mm-hmm. heard one mm-hmm. iota, not one inkling of mm-hmm. any commentary, I would say tonight everyone's praising Joe Biden because he was so lucid yeah. and so on, you know. I, on message. It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you're praising someone because they're lucid. Right. But if for the same reasons, uh, uh, I mean, I guess the opposite reasons, uh, I look at Trump's record. I look at everything he's done. If I use that measuring stick for Joe Biden, I look at what he's done and I say, there's no, whether you're lucid tonight or not, whether you're, you're, uh, his agenda um, is one of whether it's uh, pro-choice, taking the life of the unborn, uh, defund police, though he's backing up. I mean, his silence spoke for a long time pretty loud before he realized his poll numbers were going down. Um, just his track record, if you look uh, all the way back, on that alone, I would say I would, I would not ever vote for yeah. Joe Biden. But. I, and I would, I would also, with the individual or individuals that want to come on that are Christians who want to vote for Biden, first of all, I've yet to meet one, but I will say, if you come on, let's do this. Bring me the scriptural references for each of the areas, and, and I'll do the same, and, and show me scripturally how those line up with your candidate. Let's do that. I think mm-hmm. that would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um, let's see. We have this question. Having experience in debates and forums, when the moderator is obviously biased, what can you do to help your cause? <laughs> well, tonight, that, I mean... Whatever, uh, so the next one, I, my understanding is CNN is going to be um, the moderator, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a, a um, reporter from CNN, uh, and I could be wrong on that. But um, if, you, if you do your uh, whatever questions, if you're prepared, I think you can shine um, if you're given the opportunity to speak. I think you're, uh, even if the, the moderator's biased. Now, if he's cutting you off, if he's taking away your minutes, if he's interrupting you, then yeah. yes. But Well, I, I would say this to the person who asked the question. Uh, <laughs> President Trump was laughed at that he was running for office. And uh, when Ann Coulter was on the panel and they said, who do you think will be the next president of the United States? She said, President Donald J. Trump. They all laughed at her. And I think a lot of Americans did. Mm-hmm. And you saw him contend with 16 Republican candidates. Yeah. And there were many debates mm-hmm. of the countless debates they did where everyone wrote, wrote him off. Yeah. 
He's bombastic, he's rude, he, he's labeling people, he's, he's tagging people, he's not playing by the rules, he, he, he beat them all. Mm-hmm. And he took on the most heavily funded Democrat candidate in the history of the United States. Yeah. So I don't know that I would offer him advice on how to deal with an obviously biased moderator because I can't think of a single debate he's been in that anyone wasn't biased against him as a moderator. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think his greatest strength is when he appeals to the American people. Yes, I agree. And he just continues to point out that what I do, I do for you. Yep, I agree. Um, he stays on message, and yeah. he is doing it for the American. I sincerely believe yep. that it's not just a political angle. I, I mean, yep. I believe he's sincere in the whole thing. I, I'm going to close with this tonight, and then we'll close with prayer and, and read out of the blessing mm-hmm. in number mm-hmm. six. I'm going to close with this. And, and people aren't going to like my answer, those who are pro-Trump. Um, but I was thrilled by tonight. And I like the fact that President Trump didn't knock the ball out of the park. I don't, I don't know that he did. I don't think this was his best debate, candidly. Yes, I And agree. I'm thrilled by it for the simple reason. The one question I get when I travel the country is, is Trump going to win? Mm-hmm. And what they're saying when they ask that question is, can I relax now? Yeah. And I would say this to all who are viewing. Mm-hmm. Since 1973, if you believe that life begins at conception, if you believe that a baby in the womb is a human being, if, if, if you believe the scriptures that says you were fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together in your mother's womb before you were born, I knew you. You see the scripture of, of Mary and Elizabeth, both pregnant, and the baby leaping in the womb, and both of them being given a name, Jesus, and being John. We see all of this. And you believe that life is life. And since 1973, we have aborted, what, 60 to 80 million 60 children. million is the number that I'm familiar with. 60 million. Right and here you have a chance to see a Supreme Court justice come in that will shift the balance of power. Yes. And some folks say, well, it shouldn't be decided at the judicial level. It should be done through the legislature. But this was a law that was done by the Supreme judicial Court. branch. I mean which yeah. isn't the way that branch of government is to operate, but it can be overturned. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to sit back and say, well, he was caustic and bombastic and okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say he's all those things and mm-hmm. it was his worst debate ever. And, and you want to pack it with the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and, and, and Vice President Biden didn't say that he wouldn't do that. This is, this is the most critical election since it, President Trump since 1860, I think in the history of the country. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that if you're a Trump supporter, tonight's debate, you better realize you're going to need to work harder. You have George Soros who's committed $385 million in this month alone in addition to his $19 billion he's already placed in a secular progressive desire to fundamentally transform America. Yeah. And, and folks are saying, well, I watch Fox News and I bought a pillow. If you don't know what that is, Lindell, my I, pillow. I, I know, I know. And everyone thinks, oh, I'm a supporter of Trump because I watch Fox News and I bought a pillow. <laughs> right? That's not going to win any election. That's, that's not how a republic operates. You, you, our founders pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. And you bought a pillow. <laughs> oh, I wrote emails to my friends. I, I've, I've visited now in the last two months, 14 states. I'm, I'm exhausted. The question is, what are you doing? And does this frighten you? Good. Work harder. Mm-hmm. Work harder. And... Um, I, I, and I have to just chime in as the, the novice about Trump. Look at his track record simply. Look at his pro-life position and say, yes, he is uh, abrasive. Some people call him a bully or whatever. I just want you to know 
that we have had all the smooth politicians since 73. Yep, and they've and, messed with us. And, and nobody has got anything done. And so we need a wrecking ball. And I, yeah. I think if there's ever been a wrecking ball to tear down something yeah. that needs to he's then the, afterwards be rebuilt. Yeah, he's, he's the chaos president in the sense that, you know, all the establishment is, they don't know what to do with a guy like this. Yep. I will say this too, my last commentary, and then we'll pray. I think Biden alienated himself from the, the fringe left base by some of his comments tonight. And, and I, yeah. I, I think when he dis- dismisses the Green New Deal, when he dismisses yeah. the things that he dismissed, that's a very fragile coalition on right. the left. And if Trump was only going for that to get the advantage, Rob, yep. that's a huge... He wins. Because he pushed Biden towards the middle, and we know the support and the future of the Democratic Party is farther yeah. left. Yeah. So that's my analysis. That and four bucks will get you a cup of coffee. But after hyperinflation, it'll be eight bucks, maybe 12. And that's if we continue to allow the tyranny. That's my commentary. You heard it here first. Uh, I can't wait to hear what kind of letters I'm going to get. Rick, Rick you're going to have to pray for me, for them, for the nation. I'm going to do it. Let's and, do it. And, and God, politicians are a reflection of the population. Politicians are actors performing a script written by the audience. By the apathy and inactivity, you write the script. Mm-hmm. You, you create a void someone else will fill. Mm-hmm. If, if you think you're going to will this in by doing nothing, then you're going to be rudely awakened. Um, we get what we work for. And, and that's, that's the bottom line. So it just depends on how much you love freedom, how much you love liberty, how much yes. you believe in a republic. Yeah. Or if we want to move to a, <laughs> a, a democratic socialist agenda. Yeah. You go, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's democrat socialism. No, it's socialism. No, it's no. democrat socialism. Yeah. Okay, socialism yeah. is, a, is a turd. Democrat <laughs> socialism is sprinkles on it. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want either. <laughs> <laughs> One's prettier looking a little bit, but still, I don't even think he can pretty that up. And I've said that He has before. a way with words to paint pictures, doesn't he? <laughs> but, but, but do you want a government of the people, by the people, for the people yes. that declares we've been creating the image of God with inalienable rights and government's responsibilities to protect those inalienable rights and those who govern by our consent are bound by the Constitution they swear to defend? Mm-hmm. And, and that Constitution is not a living document that can be rewritten and, and you don't have to go to original intent and you get to do the Bible that way and you get to do mm-hmm. the constitution that way. Or did they mean what they say and say what they meant and they wrote it down and we are to abide by that and we swear to defend that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we're up against. So yeah. how hard do you want to work for that? Yeah. Or does your Christian eschatology justify your apathy and your inactivity because you're just polishing brass on the Titanic mm-hmm. and you're going to, you're, you're going to, bring self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. by doing nothing. Well, Jesus says, occupy until I come. Sorry, you were going to say something. I was just going to say for the, uh, for the diehard believers, uh, I'm reminded of a story in uh, uh, Charles Spurgeon's biography. He was late to a meeting and they said, people said, where you, were you? And he said, I was casting my vote for the election. And they said, well, Pastor Spurgeon, you're a citizen of heaven. He said, yeah, but my body lives in England. Amen. Good word. <laughs> he said, my body's a Tory. That's yeah. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Back then, that was good. It was good. Yeah. Well, why don't, you, why don't you pray first, Pastor? Let's do it. Father, thank you for your love. And I just want to thank you, Lord, that you're on the throne. Amen. And uh, we, uh, Lord, we're talking about these things, but we look to you. We look to you to rend the heavens, open up the heavens, and pour out such a blessing. And you said, if my people are called by my name, will turn from their wicked ways, that you will come and heal their land. Don't forget, humble themselves and pray. Yes. And uh, so, Lord, we are humbling ourselves now, and we are praying, Lord, that you would do that work in our hearts. And we do pray that you would forgive us as a nation. Lord, we pray that you'd forgive us for um, really the lives of just thinking of the 60 million children that have lost their lives. And... 
um, Lord, please forgive us. And we pray that uh, for our president, and we pray for this election, and we pray for the Congress, and we pray for pastors and believers across our nation, that you would stir us up, Lord, to be salt and light, to pray, to vote, to uh, share in the opportunity that you give to us. We pray for Rob as he continues to travel, him and Charlie, that you just bless their endeavors. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would be glorified. And we pray that you would bring an overwhelming peace, Lord. We are looking to you and we are wanting to do all that we can do. But Lord, we trust you. And uh, our hope is not in a man, Lord, it's in you. But Lord, we know you use people. So we're praying for this election and our president. And we just pray by your grace that we would uh, get another four years, Lord, by your grace to... um, move the nation in a direction that uh, would preserve our republic that was founded, Lord, on a concept and a basis surrounding you and your people. Yes. So, Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I, the, <clears throat> it's often said that Christians are one-issue voters. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I, I look at immigration. I look at abortion. I look right. at, yeah, I, there, I look at the economy. I, there's mm-hmm. a number of things. Mm-hmm. But I will say that never before in my lifetime, and, and I was born in 64, mm-hmm. since 1973, never before the most critical issue facing us and the greatest s- scorn on our nation is the innocent blood. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it has to stop. Mm-hmm. And so... Amen. You know, if... Yeah. It has yeah. to stop. Mm-hmm. So... Amen and amen. Give us that wonderful blessing. We're going to bless you tonight. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And just to remind you that peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is the presence of Christ. Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Peace is the presence of Christ in the midst of the conflict. Whatever is true, whatsoever things are true, keep digging for that. Keep living for that. Keep pursuing that. Keep declaring that. Keep proclaiming that. And keep working for that. And don't give up. That is our call. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not dominionism. But the realization that we've been created in the image of God and that God wants mankind to flourish. And that doesn't come through slavery. It doesn't come through an oligarchy. That comes through applying restraint toward evil in order to pursue excellence, that mankind can grow in knowledge and truth and understanding and the laws of nature and nature's God, that what we've experienced for 244 years, unlike any other nation in the history of the world, that a nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal, that that nation will long endure pray, work, keep this republic alive. In Jesus' name, we'll talk to you tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody.